0: Welcome back to Sound Insight. Yesterday, during the program, I said uh, one of the sentences that can be awkward and a bit foreign and something that is a bit uncomfortable, maybe more for guys than for women, in, in terms of developing a relationship with God, is to say, I love you. God, I love you. And it, it it's something that personalizes. It, it makes it more personal, that sense of there's a face, a name, the... Uh, that just that whole dimension of of our lives of prayer, uh, that it just it changes things. Well, I, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters in faith, that I love you. I love you. And I say that because I want you to know that doing this radio program for me is deeply personal. It's deeply personal. It's... Uh, I'm sort of building off of a principle drawn from the the theological reflections, the teaching, if you will, of Hans Urs von Balthasar, who um, said that a beautiful object ought to be spoken about in a beautiful way. It's fitting. It's fitting that if you are discussing, reflecting on, teaching about, writing about, uh, uh, a beautiful object, you ought to do it in a beautiful way. It's the most fitting way to express the, and to capture the the reality of the beautiful, the beautiful thing, the beautiful object, the beautiful reality that's being discussed. And he was talking principally about God and the glory of God, the manifestation of divine beauty, and how theology ought to have that sense of glory radiance as a, an element of its expression and how often theological writings can be very dry sterile uh, highly abstract highly impersonal and his writings are full of this rich life this vitality at least in my experience of of reading him well in some ways i'm i'm taking that principle and applying it to uh to, to the radio, to the concept of speaking. When I say that uh, I love you, I'm being personal because I'm talking about a personal God. And, and it's a fitting thing to talk about a personal God in a personal way. And in, in on the radio, I'm not just speaking out into the, into the uh, radio waves, out into the world or the digital world through a podcast version of this. But no, I'm speaking to people, to individuals. Uh, Henri de Lubac, another great theologian from the last century, uh, said that uh, you know the, the true preacher never speaks to a crowd. Never speaks to a crowd. He's always speaking to individuals, to persons, to whom he is attempting to reach their hearts. He's trying to speak to each of them and in some ways help unveil to themselves their own hearts and to be a conduit of the heart of God revealed. And, and how can you, how can you hope to call forth an unveiling of one's own, of, of the hearts of those that you're talking to, the opening of the hearts of those you're talking to, unless you do so by opening your own heart. And And, and in opening your own heart, you hope to be a conduit of the heart of the Lord, who's open to us. Are you tracking with all those open hearts? <laughs> and so you can see, guess what? So if I come before the Lord in a personal way, and I come into living contact, an encounter with the living Jesus, who's opened his heart to me in love, he's pouring his opened heart, pierced, sacred heart, open to me. And he not only pours his love into my heart, but he draws me into his heart. And then what happens? As his heart comes to live in mine, as my heart comes to live in his, then my heart becomes pierced and opened to others. And so I want that, the, the manner of my witness, the manner of my sharing is, is what? It's, it's traced back to, it's rooted in, it's connected to that heart-to-heart encounter in prayer. And so I want to share that. I want to, I want to bring others that richness, that, that goodness, that that invitation to open your heart to the Lord. And so that's what I was doing yesterday by trying to like bring it down, synthesize it into 10 sentences, because I know how, how much, but what a, what a gift, what a gift it would be if somehow through those teachings, through those 10 simple sentences that I shared yesterday, people kind of scrolling through the dial or listening on the podcast and they're like, I, I did, I heard that and I did it. I heard that and I took action on it. Oh, what a blessing, a huge to, to be able to impact someone's relationship with the Lord uh, to impact your relationship with Jesus Christ as a Catholic Christian disciple of Jesus wow life life is good if that happens life is fulfilling if that happens so there's a really long introduction to the the rationale behind doing what I'm doing and doing it as I'm doing it the very mode of sharing that I'm doing it. I'm kind of bringing you behind the curtain a little bit to say, hey, here's what I'm up to. Here's what I'm up to. And I did this before I even prayed. <laughs> Normally I'll pray, then I'll go into this kind of thing. But I wanted to like let this lead up to the act of prayer that I'm using to start the program and and then enter into the theme of this program, um, which is the rosary and. And why did I just do that big introduction about being personal and open heart and all of that? Why would I do that if I'm going to share with you how I pray the rosary? I'll actually tell you why after I pray. So, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you, humbly, asking for grace, for mercy, and for favor. Lord, that all of those who are hearing my voice uh, on the radio or through a podcast, whatever time of day, whatever whenever the moment is, Lord, that that these dear, sweet brothers and sisters of mine hear this, I pray, Lord, that you would meet them in that moment as the living God. You'd meet them in their moment as a place of encounter. That, Lord, you'd break in and break open that moment so that it would be an event, a meeting, that would be a blessing, that it would sow into their hearts and minds a sense of refreshment, a sense of a relief of burden. I, I'm even, even as I pray this, I have a sense of sort of a, a stone, like a stone that's hard. And, and it's like the graces can wash around it, but the Lord wants to penetrate into the core of it. And so Lord I pray that you would pulverize hardened hearts mine first pulverize hardened hearts that are resisting your grace that are closed off Lord to the tender mercies that you have for our hearts give us new hearts Lord hearts like unto your own And Lord today I pray for the grace to to speak well about the rosary about the gift of the rosary in my life and I ask, Lord, that you'd anoint me to be able to share insights that would be a blessing to those who are listening, Uh, confirmation, encouragement, uh, maybe even a bit of conviction uh, as it relates to praying the rosary. Lord, I love you. I want to love you more. I want to love you completely with every thought, word, and deed, with every ounce of my energy, Lord, that everything I say, think, do, and avoid in my life would glorify you, please. Please help me to live that and not just say that. And Lord, I just repent of any discrepancy that exists between the life I live and the life I preach, between the life I strive to live for your glory and the life that you, in fact, intend me to live. Please, Lord, close that gap. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Today on the program, I'm going to share with you a, a bit more about the life of prayer. I do so t- because of the just the hunger that people have to grow in their relationship with God through prayer, but don't really know how to do it, I haven't really been taught how to do it. It's hard to get like a rich set of teachings on prayer if you're just going to Mass on Sunday, right? So... Uh, and then if you try to search around, it's like, what books should I read? And and sometimes books can can be like wonderful, like sort of technical manuals or maybe shared experiences, but don't offer a lot of like principles and practices, insights that you can apply. So my goal here is to uh, reflect on the rosary today. and And why is that? Well, for a few reasons. The first is, and this is probably the most important, is that... Uh, many of you who maybe grew up with the rosary or have the rosary as part of your own um, spiritual life, uh, it, it's a temptation. It's easy for praying the rosary to become something that is perfunctory, or if I used a different word, impersonal, impersonal. I did the dutiful thing and I prayed my rosary today. Um, or in praying the rosary, our minds can become so quickly distracted that we get to the end of the decade and it's like, did I just really pray that second sorrowful mystery on the scourging at the pillar and not even think for one Hail Mary about the scourging? And gee, does that even count? Should I just like go back to the beginning and pray that again? And then there's this, oh no, God forbid. <laughs> Come on, man, just just put it out there, right? Well, if, if this is like foreign to you, you're, you're much holier than I am. Um, however, with that said, uh, praying the rosary can become something personal. And you can develop your own Experience of praying the Rosary in a personal way. So, I that's the first reason. That's really like one of the the biggest reasons is that I know that lots of folks that are listening to this program actually have at some point or other in your life prayed the Rosary, and um, and it's one of those kinds of uh, it's one of those real important devotions in a Catholic's life of faith that it isn't always easy to recognize. In the actual act of praying the rosary, that this is intended to be a personal, a place of personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, in a very special way, to grow in a sense of nearness, connection, communion, and communication with the Blessed Mother, with Mary, the greatest of all saints, the Mother of God, the Mother of the Church, the Mother of the beloved disciples, that would be us. Uh, And that is another dimension to our life of prayer, which is our connection with the saints, this great communion of saints that are in heaven participating in the very life of God, the heavenly life as the church triumphant. And they are cheering us on and they are interceding for us. And this idea of having a sense of personal connection to saints in heaven. It's an awesome thought. And I'm going to say to you, it can be a fruit of praying the rosary. One of the fruits of praying the rosary is a greater sense of communing with this communion of saints. The third reason why is that I am convinced that praying the rosary is intended by the Lord to be a spiritual weapon for this moment, for this moment in history. Uh, I, I do, I'm fundamentally convicted about that. And so, whether or not we get it, whether or not it makes sense to us, whether or not it is this place of uh, tremendous fervor and flourishing of, of uh, a, a dimension of desire and, and, and ardor in our prayer, we ought to be praying the rosary as a place of spiritual warfare, a, spa- a place of spiritual uh, shield, of protection and a sword of severing, that this rosary can be a sword of severing the contact, the connection, the bondage that the demonic realm attempts to attach and infiltrate itself into our lives and our relationships. Um, it's also a beautiful lasso for capturing those beloved souls of our family and friends and others who have left the faith to draw them back in. And so um, so today on the program, I'm going to walk you through how I pray the rosary with my family, but also with myself uh, when I'm praying by myself. And in doing so, Uh, again, what are my goals? To give you a sense of encouragement, to pick up the spiritual weapon for our time, to um, help you to overcome any lethargy or um, help you maybe frame the the challenging times that you have in praying the rosary well. And the third is to help you access this prayer in, in a very beautiful way that's personal, personal in developing a relationship with the Lord and also with the saints. All of that in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. It's great to be with you. I was going to say, let's get started with a prayer. Let's get started in talking about this prayer, the prayer of the rosary. So for me, on a, let's say on a daily basis, the most frequent way that the rosary shows up in my life is in our family prayer time. So in our family prayer time, the standard prayer is the rosary. That doesn't mean that we, um, we never miss a day um, where we are, are praying the rosary. No, that's that's not true. I wish I could say that, but it's not true. But I want to say it's the regular prayer of our family is praying the rosary, and um, that's something that takes time. It takes time, to, and there there will be, in my humble opinion, at least for my family, this is part part of what I want to say: is that your family. Um, it's, families are different in their personalities. And in the ages and stages of your kids' lives, you're going to find that it's easier or more difficult to have your family be able to pray a rosary together. So just to say, um, be patient, be patient, but also be persistent in, uh, in, in persisting in the conviction that the Lord does honor those who honor Him and these beautiful devotions that have endured for centuries and have been acclaimed by so many great saints and popes as a fruitful spiritual devotion, spiritual practice, praying the rosary. So when we pray the rosary, one of the first things that we do is we create a setting that will be conducive for prayer. So if you don't have a prayer space, Create a space that's separate from the room where you're normally hanging out, gathering, doing homework, watching a TV, or living sort of your social life. If you can, if there's room in your house, create a space or part of a room that is set apart for the Lord and for prayer. And so we, we've we done that. There's part of our room that we set apart for prayer. We have our icons there, our statue of the Blessed Mother. We have our um, our sacred heart and uh, immaculate heart, uh, consecrated images, enthroned, and and we use that space. And so, come on kids, time to pray. We gather in that space. We turn down the lights, we have candles, light the candles. And so you can see what we're doing is we're creating a context that says, this is different. What's happening in this moment is different. We're gonna be entering into a different realm. We're gonna be inviting a different realm to be part of our lives. We're going to call attention to a dimension of life that maybe gets obscured or forgotten as we're living in the busyness and the hustle and the bustle of day-to-day. And that's the realm of the holy. That's the realm of the divine. That's the realm of the supernatural. And so to help foster in our kids a sense of reverence and fear of the Lord. These are beautiful spiritual gifts. To foster that in them, you can use this human means to help dispose a spiritual attitude. And so I really appreciate that because Carrie is is the one who is so attuned to that, the use of space, the creating of an environment, and the creating of a an atmosphere or a mood. She actually went out and, and got from our wonderful, beautiful local Catholic bookstores some incense, some holy, blessed incense that we could um, also— um, Uh, burn during the praying of the rosary or during other prayer times of our family. And so we haven't been that regular with it, but even just opening the drawer that has the incense in it, it does create that aroma that's very distinct and our kids know and it's very evocative, right? So the first thing I'll encourage you to do if you're going to pray a rosary as a family or even help foster a sense of personal, that personal dimension in your praying of the rosary, is have a statue, have a holy image, like an image of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Grace, uh, or some other, uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, right? There's so many beautiful statues, icons, or images of the Blessed Mother that you can have. The third is have plenty of rosaries. Have rosaries so that each, each kid and each member that's praying will have a rosary. Um, Now, let me just say, just because the rosaries are available doesn't mean the kids are going to take them. And just because the kids have rosaries doesn't mean they're going to use them. But you put blessed rosaries in their hands, you put those blessed rosaries in their hands, you're just going to foster in them. It's just sowing a seed, right? Just think the sower in the seed, just sowing seeds. And you're praying that it's fertile ground, that it's taking root. Okay, now when we begin, it's something that, uh, as a family, that um, I will, we pray first of all this Holy Spirit prayer. And, and if you listen to Sound Insight for years, you know the prayer. You know I've said it so many times. Um, it's this Holy Spirit prayer from Cardinal Mercier, uh, the Archbishop of Paris in the late 19th century. And it's a beautiful Holy Spirit prayer. It's a challenging Holy Spirit prayer, but it really does embody in a like, meaty, dense, uh, like a, I want to say manly way. It's a very, it's a magnanimous kind of Holy Spirit prayer. And so, you know, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. And we say, O oh Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you ask of me, and I accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. Amen. So we start with that prayer because I want my kids, in hearing that prayer, to face the, the reality that prayer means something. And when you say words, words of a prayer that are given to you, and those words are bold, are big. They're actually making like magnanimous requests that you ought to be paying attention because you're actually saying something to God and, and God hears you. And, and that's why in all of my kids' lives that have grown up praying that prayer, there comes a stage, a time, often it's in their teen years, Maybe not when they're thirteen, but right in their early mid teen years, where they stop praying the second half of that prayer. And, and when I and, and it's I say um, excuse me, I can't hear you. And they'll respond. I'm not saying, hey, why aren't you saying it? I'll say I can't hear you. <laughs> hey, how you say something is really important. Hey, I can't hear you. And they'll say, I don't want to pray that prayer. And I don't want to pray that prayer because I don't want that. I, I, don't, I don't want what you're asking me to say. And so, to be honest with you, I don't mind that. I don't mind that because there's a sense of, I desire authenticity in my relationship with God. And what that prayer is asking me to, to live is really bold. It's really bold. And I'm not there right now. I don't want what that prayer says. It's not the first half, right? The first half is the easy is the easy half. Oh, Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me. It's the rest of it. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. All right, tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. Like, Do we actually think that's our relationship with the Holy Spirit? That the Holy Spirit is someone who's communicating with us and has things for us to do, has orders for us? Yeah, yeah. Remember a few few programs ago, I was talking all about docility, that willingness to be led, that willingness to be moved, right? I think it was Tuesday of this week, and so that that sense of docility, that radical receptivity, that ready, that spirit of ready. You know, tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you ask of me. I promise. I promise to submit myself to humble, to lower, to to put myself in that place of yielding. I've yielded to you. Lead me and I'll follow. Lead me. I say yes in advance to whatever you're asking of me. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you ask of me. Who knows what the Lord's going to ask of you today? But are you really going to do it? Are you really? Or how quickly do we put up boundaries? How quickly do we just put up a no? Or, hey, can we talk about that? Or can we dialogue about this? Is this really what we have to do? And so to say, I promise this of you, that's really strong. But there's even more. I promise to submit myself to all that you ask of me, and I accept all that you permit to happen to me. I accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. So the Holy Spirit has a will for my life, a will, a desire, a want, a a direction, an intention, a purpose, yes. The Holy Spirit is moving. He wants to move in you and move through you. We get it so wrong sometimes. We just think that God is so like so just busy about many things and trying to attend to billions of people. So can God be that, what's the word, personal? Can God be so personal that he actually knows me? One among millions, billions, billions on earth right now and in heaven as well, angels and saints in this vast universe that God has created, I matter to him? You know me, Lord? Well, Lord, if you who created all things have a personal care for me, and and you have this plan for my life that involves spending forever with you in heaven, in this unfolding mystery of eternal life, calling you Father Abba, sharing in the very divine life of the Son, how can I not trust you? How can I not, like, just love you? How can I not say, of course, look, you know what's best. You know me and you know what's best for me, and you know your plan for my life, and so whatever's going to happen in my life, you got this. You got this. And if, if what happens in my life is, is some horrific evil that evil actors uh, put, put against me, you know what God's like? God's like, you think that's going to stop my will from being done in my beloved disciple's life? Are you kidding? I got this. I took, this is, God, this is God speaking. I'm speaking as if I'm God now. I took the worst thing that you, humanity, has ever done in all of human history. I took the worst act in all of human history. The worst thing that human beings have ever done in all of human history, which is killing the innocent son of God, crucifying him on the cross. It's the worst thing. And he turned it into the greatest thing that he ever did. He redeemed humanity. He redeemed all of creation. He redeemed all of that sin and sinners that perpetrate evil throughout all human history. And so if God can take the worst thing that humanity ever did and turn it into the greatest thing that he ever did, he can handle evils that come against our lives. Yeah, I think he's got that. And so I accept all that you permit to happen to me because you know what, Lord? You're bigger than it. You're greater than it. You've got it covered. Let me only know your will. Just let me know what you want me to do, please. And I pray this, right? You want to know my prayer? My prayer is so often, like daily, 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 please, Lord, give me the grace to know what you want me to do, and give me the courage and strength to do it quickly and completely. Lord, please give me the clarity, the insight, the capacity to recognize what you're asking of me, and please, I beg you, Lord, give me the strength and the courage to fulfill your will quickly and completely. That's it. That's it. All of that, all of that's wrapped up in the opening prayer that we pray every night as a family before we pray our rosary. So there you go. Like and and here's the thing, right? It's like Are my kids thinking about all those things? No, they're not thinking about all those things. Again, it dawns on them in their teen years, and they will mumble it. They'll quiet down during that prayer. And I don't draw attention to it. I don't browbeat them. Like I said, I appreciate the fact that they realize what they say matters. How they pray matters. And I don't want them just sort of fading out during that prayer, not really, really, really recognizing what it is they're saying. Um, Because, you know, for my younger kids, they're just saying the words, right? They're saying the prayer because it's a prayer they've memorized like a lot of the other prayers they've memorized, and so they just say that prayer. So we begin with that prayer, and that's really important. And then after the rosary, at the end of the rosary, we we pray a few other prayers. And uh, those prayers are the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, Uh, I want my kids to know that there is a spiritual battle going on, that there is a realm of the demonic that hates them and will attempt to undermine and overthrow, get them to trip up, get them to be confused, attempt to cleverly get them to accept lies and to lead them into spiritual darkness and bondage and ultimately spiritual death. They have a whole realm of angels, powerful spiritual beings who have fallen from God and who hate them. But, We have angels on our side, mighty angels. St. Michael, first among them. And I want them to know that dimension, the dimension of spiritual beings, invisible to us, but powerfully at work in our lives. So we pray the St. Michael the Archangel Prayer. We then pray an act of contrition. I want my kids to have um, rooted in their lives this idea that um, even though it's not doing a full examination of conscience, there is a sense of, I want you to be contrite, to recognize that there's something at stake in your life, and it's your forever. And you ought to be seeking forgiveness, seeking the Lord's mercy on a daily basis. And the last prayer that we, we pray to end our rosary is uh, the guardian angel prayer. Because not only is St. Michael from the angelic realm, but we have a family guardian angel and each of us have guardian angels and I want my kids to call on them. And Again, believing and hoping that it'll nurture in them a personal relationship. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. In my hands is a rosary. I love, uh, I was going to say I love praying the rosary, but I don't always love praying the rosary. I think, it, I th- and it would. I think it would be easy to say, "Oh, I love the rosary." But I honestly, I'm not. I'm not a very devout person, and, and maybe I just when I say that word, I I'm thinking the image of a kind of person who is very devotional, and identifying that with devout. If by devout you would, I say, committed to the Lord and has a sense of. Um, energy around being faithful to those commitments, okay, I'm very devout. I have a tremendous sense of energy to be faithful to the Lord and to express that fidelity in committed prayer um, of of whatever types. So today I'm talking about praying the rosary. Um, but when I pray the rosary, it, it's not like full of emotion. It's not full of, um, like uh, I, I use that word ardor, uh, that that sense of like a strong passion. Uh, that's not how I pray the rosary. It tends to be much more quiet. Um, and the, the, the pacing of the prayer is definitely connected to how I breathe. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I'm sharing my experience of um, how I pray the rosary, as an attempt to be a blessing to you, to maybe help you think and reflect about um, how you might be praying the rosary so that it'll become personal. It'll help nurture that sense of personal relationship with the Lord and with the saints. Oh, and by the way, what you just heard, with with the realm of the angelic as well, St. Michael, and your own guardian angels. So those are the prayers that we put into our praying of the rosary. Now, after we do the Holy Spirit prayer at the beginning— I then, as the spiritual leader in the home, as the father, as husband to carry and father to these kiddos, I will lead a prayer. And I I have a few things in mind when I'm leading that prayer at night. I realize that I am and I'm doing this intentionally, I'm I'm opening like my own like inner intimacy with the Lord. To my kids, I want my kids to know that my relationship with God is personal. And so it's, it's like they're there and they get the privilege of being on the inside as they hear me speak to the Father or to the Son or to the Holy Spirit or to the, to the Trinity in a, in, a, in a way that's very personal, in a mode that is personal. It's expressing a sense of, of communion, of union, of intimacy, of nearness. Uh, there's a, a, a tenderness to it, right? So I think that's so important. I think that's really important. If I say that one of the goals of praying the rosary is to help one's life in prayer, to, to grow in that personal mode, Well, when you can witness to it by how you pray in that moment, by open, like, again, opening your heart to the Lord, but making it loud enough, audible, so that your family gets to watch, gets to be drawn in, that is a powerful gift. Pray for that. Ask for that. Try it. Try it. If you haven't done that before, try it. And and I'm going to tell you what to expect if you are saying yes to trying that way of praying. You'll find it awkward, foreign, difficult. You'll fail at it. You'll undergo spiritual attacks as you attempt to do it. And guess what? (laughs) All of these reasons should not stop you from doing it. As awkward and foreign and as, as often as you'll stumble and falter and feel like a failure doing it, and you'll get like distracted and, and come up with interior, like compelling reasons why you shouldn't do it, spiritually attacked. All of these things are attempts to do some spiritual exercise and press through them and do it as a way of fulfilling your spiritual responsibility, your stewardship to lead, provide, and protect your family if you can foster in your kids that kind of relationship with the Lord through their prayer lives, guess what? I mean, is there like a more powerful way of leading and providing and protecting your kids than helping them in their relationship with the Lord by helping them learn how to pray? And of course, hopefully, what's going to flow from that inner personal prayer and that family prayer is, guess what? A more fruitful going to Mass and praying that way. A more personal prayer and fruitful personal prayer time for them as individuals. And um, as well, a way of accessing the light and strength of the Lord in living out their faith. Because is it easy to live your faith today? No, not at all. And so to have that pool to draw on, that pool of God's grace, that pool of that sense of the living Lord in communion with me in my heart, is going to be a source of strength, a source of light, a source of courage and determination in doing the will of the Lord. So pray that prayer, right? I'll give you an example like of how I would do it. I just prayed the Holy—like, Father's and Holy Spirit, pray the Holy Spirit prayer, and then I just say, Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Father, I just thank you for um, my kids. Lord, I just ask that you would watch over us tonight, and I do approach you, Father— in Jesus' name, thank you for sending Jesus and loving us so much. And Father, I just ask that you would bless Ariana, help her with her soccer as she drives at night, Lord, just help her to be alert and awake, and, and just uh, help her have a great season, Lord, as it's starting up again. Okay, you see what I'm doing? My kids are hearing me pray for them to the Father. It's like they're getting in on the inside of that. And... And, you know, my kids weep every time. No, they don't. <laughs> Here's the thing. My kids are so accustomed to it because it's what I do every day when I'm praying with them that um, it, it might be something that they'll take for granted. But you know what? It has an effect. It really does. It has an impact. It has an impact on them when they hear their father speaking to God, their father, in a way that's like, wow. He's talking to God like he knows God. He's talking to God like God is actually hearing him. He's talking to God in a very personal way. Wow, maybe God is that personal. God, are you that personal for me? Lord, I want you to be that personal for me, right? So th- th- that's the idea that the Lord's going to sow seeds as you pray the rosary. Okay, now after this, you pray the, uh, the Apostles' Creed. And so I, in my home, here's how we do it. I will lead the Apostles' Creed, and then the first Hour, Father, three Hail Mary's Glory be in O oh my Jesus prayer, and then I'll announce the mysteries, and then we will typically, we'll typically go in chronological order. So the oldest kid in the room prays the first, and then goes down from there. Occasionally, we'll do it differently. We'll start with the youngest and work our way to the oldest. And and that will happen more uh, often when, um, if, if we have more than five kids in the house, it means that, because we have six, but if they're not all there during family prayer, then um, our youngest will miss out on leading a decade. So, if that's happened a few days in a row, then I'll shift and start with the youngest and work our way to the oldest. So, that's just a way of getting my kids to stay engaged is that they have to be paying attention to um, the, that time when they're leading the rosary. There's a greater sense of being on, right? For sure. There just is. So um, so that, that's another thing that we do. So pray the Apostles' Creed. And then after we pray the Apostles' Creed, and for the next few prayers, the Our Father, the Three Hail Marys, the Glory Be, in particular, those prayers, I'll give a little commentary it's brief, but it's in the form of a, a mini-prayer that I say to the Lord about what's contained in the Our Father and what's contained in the intention of the first three Hail Marys, where we're praying for what? We're praying for greater faith, hope, and love. And then I'll I'll do a little prayer related to God's glory. So what does that look like? So when, it, when we reach the first Our Father, I'll say, you know, Father in heaven, after we finish the creed, and then I'll just say, Father in heaven, um, thank you for providing for us what we need today. You give us our daily bread, all that we need, and I thank you and praise you. Be our Father today. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, right? And when that first Our Father's done, I say, for for greater faith. Now, my kids, they know what faith is, but they really don't know what faith is from the standpoint of saying, let me give you an easy definition of what faith is so i'm catechizing i'm teaching them to pray by helping them understand what is faith hope and love what is faith what is hope what is love and so for faith i'll say for greater faith lord jesus give us the grace to trust you and to entrust ourselves to you freely completely and forever ah is the theology of faith in its most profound essence put forward in about 10 seconds. I trust you, and I entrust myself to you freely, completely, and forever. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Carn. I'm sharing with you how we pray the rosary in the current home, in particular, how I pray the rosary and lead the rosary for my family, sharing with you a variety of sort of like uh, personal insights, but also some practical things that you might you might try in your own praying of the Rosary as a family. And so here we are in the place that's gathered for prayer. The tone is set with the lights and the candles and the holy images. Um, it, we help the kids to calm down. We do it at a time that's not too late or our kids will just fall asleep and they'll complain. And so that means for us, we really need to begin the rosary by 8.30. And if we don't begin the rosary by 8.30, we know that the little kids are going to be really tired and it's not going to be helpful. It can throw off the whole night. And so in the school night, these school nights recently, it's been a bit more of a challenge. And so when we pray the rosary later, um, only the older kids that are up at that time will end up praying the rosary with me. So... But it's actually been really neat because um, one of my sons has a real sense of devotion and a sense of conviction about praying the rosary every day. And if we haven't made it to that time of praying the rosary, he'll say, Dad, can you pray the rosary with me right now? Or can we pray a rosary in a few minutes? And I mean, how do you say no to a 16-year-old son who wants to pray the rosary every night? Come on, let's go. That, for me, it's a beautiful fruit. Right. That's a beautiful fruit of praying the rosary. Okay, so the first Hail Mary I just said was um, for greater faith. And so the, the word there was trust. I want my kids to know that when I say have faith, have faith in God. I'm saying trust in the Lord. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, you take over, right? The, the things I mentioned yesterday. I want my kids to grow in that kind of faith, putting yourself entirely in God's hands, freely, completely, and forever. Freely, not forced. Completely, not partially. And forever, no take-backs. And so greater hope, the word I use for hope is confidence for greater hope. Lord, give us confidence in you, Jesus, that you're faithful to your promises. Fulfill your promises in our regard. There's a theology right there. That's a whole theology course right there, condensed down into that simple prayer that God is a Lord who's made promises to us, and he keeps his promises. He's a faithful God and he does so through Jesus. And our greatest hope isn't in his promises, it's in him, the one who makes the promises. And the greatest of those promises is eternal life. And so we have confidence in the Lord. And we can have confidence in him when hope is difficult, when it's dark, when it's confusing, when we're tired, when we're overwhelmed. We can have hope. And then for greater love, and greater love is, is the one that takes a little bit longer, like just five seconds longer to kind of lay out the theology of love as it's connected to this third Hail Mary that precedes the five mysteries. And, um, and here's how it, um, it tends to show up. Um, I'll say, Lord, for greater love, Lord, I beg you to open our hearts to receive your love as we pray, Lord, pour your love into our hearts and may we live in your love and may that love flow through us in the world and back to you. Okay, there's a lot there, right? So that which I'm teaching, which I'm saying as a prayer out loud in front of my kids is also helping them recognize that love is about a relationship and it's about communion. It's not just about a feeling. It's not about an emotion but it's about a passionate longing to be in union with the one we love and that longing begins in in the heart of God who is pouring his love into our hearts and it can't just stay there all pooled up and we're just blessed by it no he's going to he's going to flow through us yes out into the world to those we meet but back to him so that we can love him with our own personal appropriation, making our own the love that he has poured into our hearts. And then for the glory be, after that third Hail Mary, Hail Mary full of grace, and uh, now at the hour of our death, amen, I don't just jump in and say glory be. I'll say, Lord, may we glorify you in all we say, think, do, and avoid. May we glorify you today. May we glorify you right now. May we glorify you in this prayer. By all we say, think, do, and avoid, and and what am I doing there again? Act of contrition, right? Uh, Different kind of sins: sins of commission and sins of omission. Things that we didn't do that we ought to have done. So I condense all that theology down into a very simple prayer that I pray before the Gloria, before I mean before the glory be, Um, that. Lord, thank you for your love. May, may you break open our love. May your love wash over us, soak into us in the core of our being. May we dwell in your love, O oh Lord, and nurture that union of love. And then Lord, let that love flow through us as we pray this rosary out to others. And Lord, just bring us uh, back to you in love. So there you go. So I'm sharing these words with you for all of these reasons that I've said, but I'm also attempting to equip you, equip you, When you're in a situation where you feel more comfortable to pray out loud for greater love and then to speak words like that. Or, again, there are beautiful acts of faith, hope, and love in traditional prayer books. Um, And there are lots of different ways that you can write this down. You might use a scripture, a scripture that's expressive of faith, of hope, and of love. Whatever whatever it is that uh, will help you to engage in this prayer in a way that's personal so that— those that are praying it with you can be drawn into a more personal relationship with the Lord. So the word I use for love is delight, right? So it's trust, confidence, and delight, faith, hope, and love. And that's expressed that all of faith, hope, and love are the ways that we express our own relationship with God. We're trusting in God, hoping in God, we're loving God. That's what we're doing in our relationship with God. Okay, and then um, we do pray the Oh My Jesus prayer, right? The Fatima prayer. Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, etc. cetera. And um, I, I, I tend not to, uh, from this point on, um, like offer commentary about the prayers. But I will, after, um, when we get to the mysteries, I will offer a comment about the mysteries. Brief, but my goal in doing it My goal in offering a brief reflection, the Annunciation, the first joyful mystery is, and then the kids will shout it out, the little ones make it a competition, the Annunciation. The Annunciation, when the Archangel Gabriel came to our blessed mother as a a young teenage woman and brought her a message that the Lord was inviting her to be the mother of the Messiah, of the Son of God. And it's when she said, yes, let it be done to me according to thy word, the first joyful mystery, and then go from there. So I'm doing that because if the rosary is going to be a prayer that is um, uh, less likely to just become a rote repetition, but rather will be something that is like a meaningful meditation, then... It's helpful to prompt our imaginations, to prompt our memories, to plant some, a picture, a scene, uh, and some ideas, so that during that mystery, the kids can enter into it. And so, that's what I'll do over the course of the five mysteries, is at the beginning of each of the mysteries, offer a short reflection about that mystery. Now, this is where, if you have a scriptural rosary, um, you can be Tremendously aided. And, and we've never really done that. that. That's not our way of praying the rosary. Um, one other thing I'll mention um, as we get close to the end of the program here is that um, um, I will offer gentle correction if kids are either when they're leading the rosary or when they're supposed to be in their time of responding, right, is if they're praying too fast or too quietly. I'll gently. Um, can you speak up a bit? And do it in a way that I'm not trying to um, like browbeat my kids or get them to like get upset. Sometimes I think the kids are just looking for the opportunity to grumble, grumble, grumble. And so if I pick on the the speed that they're praying or they're not praying loudly enough, then they're just going to use it against me and use it against the rosary. So I, I try not to take that bait. I haven't always succeeded, but I will say, <laughs> uh, the joke I say, my kids know it, they don't really laugh at it anymore, but I laugh every time, is that um, there are a couple of kids that I have. Oh, by the way, teenagers, right? I got five teenagers here at the house. No, f- four. One of my teenagers is at Franciscan. Yay. Okay, so uh, is that um, they they pray faster than, you, and, and I said, look, you prayed so fast, Jesus couldn't even understand you. Jesus is like, what? What did he say? Right. <laughs> I think that's funny. I, I I'm sorry, I think that's funny. Hail Mary the Grace, Lord is with the Buster Albums, one of when Jesus. whoa, 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 whoa. That doesn't even count. That doesn't even count. For a time, um, I would do the I would do a rosary with the kids and I we did five good ones, five good Hail Marys. Right? So you could actually get away with the mystery of not praying ten Hail Marys if every kid prayed well. The right pace, the right tone of voice the right volume level, and being attentive. And if you did that, I would hold up my finger, one, that's one. That's one out of of five. That's all you need. And then if they didn't reach it, then they didn't get that second one. And so the funny thing was, in their attempts to do five really good Hail Marys, it took them about 10 to get there. (laughs) So don't provoke your kids to wrath, as the scriptures say, but um, invite them to enter into the prayer as something that is actually meaningful, personal, real, and not just a perfunctory repetition of words. Well, there you go. I kind of brought you through the key elements of how I pray the rosary, especially with my family. I hope that was a blessing to you. I hope that this teaching on prayer is going to help sink roots in you and help nurture your life of prayer. God bless.